You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> very uh, interesting episode i just smashed something we, uh, because Yay. we have uh first of all it's what time is it it's two almost 2 30 in the morning so this is the uh, latest podcast i've done yeah um, and i'm here with camilla cleese <laughs> so, did i say it wrong no i'm just like a little bit delirious you're a little bit delirious and your well, dog's no, fine okay you know, we've we've had a long evening. We did have a long evening. So that came across totally the wrong way. Two thirty, what we were doing before that. Uh, so yeah. uh, me and Camilla just did a show in Santa Barbara at a place called the Comedy Hideaway. Hideaway, and um, it's I'd not never that hidden. It's not way. that hidden. It's in it's in a bar by the airport, right? So it clearly has moved around. It's like a pop up venue. Pop up venue. So yeah. clearly, living the dream if you're performing by an airport. And anything you do. It is, I think, one of the best rooms in SoCal, personally. It's great. It's Especially awesome. when it's full. It was too cold for California tonight. Yeah, th- it's funny because it was like 55 degrees and the booker was like, yeah, yeah people don't come day. out when it's, when it's just freezing <laughs> outside. I'm like, really? So uh, the, the crowd was good. We did both shows together. And uh, how they go for you? Would you, would you, uh, were you, you so can we talk about the, the thing that we were talking about before the sh- up there? Like you were, you're in a very specific mood tonight because of an event that happened in your life. We can talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. This is the first I don't time. know why I'm laughing, but <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, my I broke up with a boyfriend. Um, well, it wasn't so much my choice. I I was trying to sound like cool for. I a broke up with a boyfriend. Well, I. I was sort of like initiated it, but I didn't mean for it to like actually happen. You, know <laughs> you initiate because you wanted him to respond by being a better boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he responded. By and being it was weird because we had a very like we never fight until the last time. <laughs> like we yeah. were just no fights and then one easy. big fight. It wasn't even a big fight. It yeah. just was like it's over, and I was kind of like, why? And now. Um, we've been doing some really mature text fighting. Uh, so did you break up in person face to face like adults yeah. in the eighties or is it, was it like a text breakup? I wouldn't say adults in the eighties because I think adults in the eighties might've been like a little more in touch with their emotions <laughs> f- for some of us. You yeah. Know, yeah. It, there, one of us is like super good person and but then there's the other one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're not the other one. You're the good person one. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know, to be honest. But uh, And so how long were you with the guy? Um, a, Over a year. Oh, that's a long time. Which for me is like... In I'm, L.A., that's like a diamond anniversary. Oh, yeah. basically, yeah. yeah. Well, a cubic zirconia because we're in L.A. <laughs> yeah. And we're all renting. Yeah. Um, But it was the first time, like, I will say... The first time I think that I've ever been with someone that I could like see myself with beyond a month from present. Okay. <laughs> Which is pretty bad by my age. Like I. And how old are you? Can I ask? I think. Yeah, you, I'm 30, you, 34. 34. Yeah. It's a good age. It's a good age to be, you know? Uh, 
Still That's got, my you dog got, crying, by the way, not me, just for the record. Aww. Come here, bud. But you were you told me you, you asked if you had raccoon eyes when you want to stay, so you were crying earlier. Like how oh, I how, cried. Like I love this so guy. All day I'm confused you, as fuck, but he just I mean, you know, text fighting. Like here's yes. the problem. When you're a comic, like <laughs> I can't help myself. Like if I think of a good joke, like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter you if it's You set me up. What do you expect? Yeah, I'm not gonna like knock you, it down. You can't tee me up and expect me to not do was it. Was there a good one? It was a good zinger you said? I don't you don't want to share (laughs) (laughs) no one knows his name like i was crying it made me laugh i thought why not hit send and then i was like okay that probably was like the last nail in the coffin oh yeah um and it's probably like being cremated right now (laughs) yeah what do you mean cremated oh the coffin Got yeah, it. like made into coffee creamer. <laughs> okay, good. You're a little bit smarter than me right now at I'm three not, in the morning. Dude, I'm not smart at all right now. <laughs> so I this happened just loopy. yesterday or the day before? Well, it, it, like, no, it was like Sunday we got back from a sailing trip, which I the, apparently sail now, which is not something I ever thought I'd say, which was super fun. And then we sort of got into it but then like he works of in a very different field from us uh-huh. like he like <laughs> he any goes field to an ever. office yeah, yeah like and and works for more than 20 minutes a night um <laughs> no i i mean that's how he sees it yeah like i don't think he quite gets why yeah. what we do is is difficult because you know he thinks he's funny yeah which he is for a civilian like, for a civilian yeah um I always Sometimes people, on purpose, even. Yeah, I say, well, you're a civilian. They go, like, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't know what I mean by saying you're a civilian? Meaning you're if you're, you're not in this weird fakakta yeah. entertainment business where you're doing night Which requires you to have, like, mental problems. <laughs> yes, usually, yes. Uh, no, I, you know. <laughs> I was kind of trying to think of parallels, I guess, to... To, but that wouldn't be one. Never mind. I'll <laughs> shut up. It's it's late, guys. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to talk about your set night. One th- it, one things that was really cool that happened tonight is you were you tried out a brand new joke, which is always cool when uh, you can go out for the for a brand new joke and it works. Yeah. So what was the joke you were trying? It's about having OCD boyfriend. Well, I think right? I was telling you guys, and I hadn't thought of it as like a bit before. I was just laughing with you about we were maybe talking about how like dating is just pointless now. Um, in LA and I went out a few times with this guy who was super OCD and one of the problems w- from doing stand-up is like if I go on a date and it's good I'm like okay cool and if it's bad I'm like oh yeah let's Material. see how weird shit can get you yeah, know? yeah and so you, when you're on a bad date you're like let I me see excited. how bad it can get oh, yeah, you encourage like, the badness of the date not the badness but like the weird like yeah yeah you know I and it's not go- it's not a good thing <laughs> like it sometimes ends quite poorly yeah um but that's what this business has done <laughs> to, to me and i don't even normally talk about dating come here bud Why yeah so this is her dog hercules hercules do you want to you want to get on my okay yeah i think hercules probably wants to be on your lap he just yeah he's there he goes he doesn't like being tied up because he can't turn right so he gets tangled real got quick. it now is he a service dog or is he like the LA service, service dog, is. which is like it's you a got secret a, service? You, I don't know what it is. You got a vest on eBay, and then you go into Whole Foods. He is technically a service dog, uh, but I, like I said, it's a secret service. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can you fly with him? Yeah. Okay. There but you he, go. You know what? If he was like bothering other people, I wouldn't do of it. Of course, but of course. He doesn't bark. He goes yeah. to sleep. 
he's a, yeah. he's a little angel. Yeah, you, you'll go into like Trader Joe's or I'm Whole Foods. I'm much worse on And an these airplane. women have their quote unquote oh. emotional support dogs. Yeah. They're like eating the food off the shelves. <laughs> right. They're in a purse. At people's legs. They're like not even dogs. They're accessories. Yeah. And I always treated him like a dog. Like he's. He comes on the tour bus with us. Everyone loves him. Yeah. Well, so let's let's uh, let's back up. Let's we'll get away from the the ex boyfriend because I, I feel like around like from seventeen subjects. Which well, we're basically talking about your breakup, and I feel like you don't really want to talk about that that much. Um. Because why would you? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not it's not the focus like, of this. It's just because honestly, I don't even know what happened still, and I don't know if I'll ever talk to him again to find out, and that's kind of annoying. Do you like, think, you do you, know, do you, you know? so you're not going to call him and be like, yo, let's have a conversation. Let's meet at Coffee uh, Bean. No. 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 It, he, no. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that, to yeah. be honest right now. But if, if he reaches out and apologizes and wants to, then I, I would like to know. But at the same time, I, it's already hurt enough. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I've always um, been fascinated by the idea of closure. Like people are like, I want closure. I'm like, what the fuck does closure mean? You're like, I'm a masochist. Like hurt me more. <laughs> yeah. You know? Tell me exactly why you don't want to be with me anymore. Um, in detail. Well, and I think it's more of a, unfortunately, like a timing thing and a like schedule. You know, he yeah. wakes up at like 5 a.m. Yes. And it's like, yeah. that's hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I... I have insomnia anyway, but like even as a comic, you can't get to sleep before one. Yeah, or I know two. it's really hard. Yeah. So like I ruin his life, and it's not like intentional yeah. usually. <laughs> but how did you guys meet? Um, actually, like, how do you like, meet a civilian through a friend? Through like, a friend. Yeah, super randomly. Yeah. Uh, after a set at Comedy and Magic, I reconnected with this girl I knew from like. 10 years ago in Santa Barbara that lives in the South Bay and she was with him and he was they'd all been drinking yeah and he was with another girl and uh, you're like I'm gonna she, wreck this <laughs> I'm not that person <laughs> but she was six foot and blonde so I'm like if he has a type yeah there I am I'm good uh and then like six weeks later he uh slid into my DMs, he slid into, I, I love that he would fucking kill me if you heard me say that like well, on a podcast you know I, I, I gotta say i think that instagram has become the new dating app and, and by the way I've, anything's dating all, app if you got never game. ever done that through instagram neither has he like it, yeah. it's weird we're not social media people like yeah. i do it because i have to uh and if you look at my social like it's I struggle with it. I'm like, what can I post that makes my life look exciting? <laughs> well, that's the whole point of it, right? right? Like, let's make people the have The highlight FOMO reel the of my life. My sailing like, trip. Not the breakup afterwards, but the sailing trip. But see, when I'm sailing, like, I'm enjoying the sailing and I forget to take pictures. Oh, well, th what do you, then are you really sailing? I, I, if you're not I'm taking like, pictures, yeah. are you actually sailing? Come I'm on, not good honest. at, like, this whole millennial thing. You I, know, they have museums in New York, maybe in L.A. too, and they're Instagram museums. I know. Literally. It, designed just for Instagram. It makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So let's. Did you uh, hear what I opened? With no, what was your opener? About like, well, I just say that I saw a girl taking a selfie while she was driving, and I normally hate selfies, but like that's great for natural selection. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yes. Although I. But then text my first instinct was to like find my phone and film it. You know, yeah, so yeah, I, I like, know. What of does course, that say course. about me? I mean, I text 100% of the time on the road. I, mean, I play poker. 
that's next level. No, bad. it's not because you don't have to look all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it keeps me from intentionally ramming people. So that's, that's true. That's true. That's kind of good. All <laughs> right, so let's let's kind of go back to the beginning. So I I met you w- a long at least maybe like ten, 10 years. years ago because I was dating way before I was doing stand up. I was dating a girl Adrian y- who was also Are you my height. Adrian, who is yeah your height. Yeah. And a model. Beautiful and, girl. Um, lovely, yeah, sweetheart. Very, I was totally smitten with her. As you should have been. And she was, I don't know how many types of polar you can be. Can you be tripolar? No, she, I don't want to talk shit. She's, she's a nice lady. But, she, um, we were also younger. And the, I think, you know, at least in her, I've been sober a long time. But, like, I know that there was a fair amount of alcohol involved and yes, partying. Yes. I don't know about on your end, I, I got a very one-sided version, but I always thought you were nice. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So she would talk smack about me, and you well, were still like, friends. Not even smack. I think she just was like, and I knew to take some of it with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, of course. Because you, know, you knew her well enough. Well, and it, it's hard being a chick. Like, we have hormones. You guys don't have to deal with, like, every month, whether we like it or not, we're going to have bad moods. Like, yeah. And we will invent reasons to justify them. But the fact is, we're just going to have them because it's hormones. And like, yeah. You know? Yeah. You and, know that. I don't know why I'm telling you that. And fuck you for being aware of like, my hormones. Yeah, uh, I right. get that. Like, but I still think even though men know that theoretically. Some, but they're, some they're still women like, are not being as mean? conscious about yeah, okay. the yeah. fact. Like, they find the need to justify it a little bit more strong than yeah. others, if you will. I don't know if that even made sense. I, I have it's one like, quick, funny Adrian story, by the way. So I was doing the Ice House. And uh-huh. I was hadn't passed yet. And I was like, really wanted. And I was opening for Jamie Kennedy. And I was going, I was having a great set. But my nose started bleeding. Oh God! And I was like, I was like, oh, I kept, I was like, I gotta keep going. So I was like stuffing, like, I was going to get napkins on tables and stuffing up my nose, and I kept going. And it was bleeding through the napkin, like in my mouth. <laughs> People are laughing; they think it's part of the bit. Right. And I'm like, no, guys, I really, and I had to get off stage early. <laughs> so uh, the <laughs> managers at the ice house were going, Jamie's like, is your is your boy like, is he a cokehead? And I'm I'm not straight edge, but I'm I'm kind of a nerd that way. I've never done coke, never anything like that. James like no no no, he's not. He's like you sure you don't? James like no. And they're like okay. And then I'm talking to the managers after. I was like oh, I'm sorry. By the way, guys, I'm definitely not. I don't do coke. And just at that point, Adrian walks up, and Adrian's like six foot tall, rail thin model. Yeah, right. So of course it looks like you we're do doing coke. coke. You yeah. know what I mean? Like why <laughs> else would you be with me? Because I'm a coke dealer. Right. Uh, and it's funny because like I had a coke problem when I was living in New York. And much younger and uh, okay. So yeah. let's start. Anyway. Let's get this story. So so because <laughs> I don't know ironic, much about your backstory. Yeah, I never used to get nosebleeds. Now lately, I get them all the time. Oh really? And I haven't done it in twelve years. Oh wow. Anyway, it's a coke ghost. So it, um, it is. So it's yeah. So I don't know much about. I don't know much. About, I mean, I, you know, I think the uh, and I've talked to a few people who who have uh, part of families with very f- famous family members. You know, I've talked to Jordan Rock and Tony Rock and Shantae Wayans and stuff. And uh, they always have different interesting journeys. So your your dad is John Cleese, who I know you say in America, people don't know John Cleese, but I think he's he's an icon Some in the world. People either like really know him or they don't. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's kind of like whether your parents he's a dinosaur. So if your parents introduced you to it, maybe. But like it's um, but in the UK, he he's very well known. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were 
But you were born in America. No, I, I grew up over there. I oh, talk you grew up like in this to piss him off, basically. <laughs> so you had a, you had a British accent at some point. I did. Yeah. And to what age did you live there? It's hard to pinpoint because I was back and forth so much. Um, and you're back and forth because of what modeling? No, this is. I mean, I was like thir- 12, 13. Uh huh. But uh, you know like three months in the summer back to the UK and then I'd come back to the US and then Is that because your pa- were your parents split or was that just They got married a lot so it was like <laughs> a lot of <laughs> shuffling around and then okay. oh dad has to go do a movie and whatever uh, it was a different time Yeah 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 and <laughs> um, yeah I went from London to southern Illinois first you want to wow. talk about why would I that think, happen I think they just wanted to fuck with me it was like <laughs> London to a cornfield, population 2,000. Who was living in the cornfield that you were staying with? Well, my mom was supposed to get remarried, and then, like, basically on the airplane, they split up. That's why we moved to America. And then we, so we moved to downtown Chicago, thank fucking God. Yeah. Because at least I don't have inbred children and stuff, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) it was, it was a trip. Yeah. I had, I was like... Mommy, there's not enough rules. <laughs> that was apparently my first statement when I got home serious? from school. Are you serious? How old are you at this time? Like 12 or 13. 12. And so you started going to middle school, I guess. Or I guess I must have been 11 or 12 because yeah. I was, I, I'd skipped two grades too. So I was two years younger than everyone, but I was like a foot taller still. Yeah. Um, and like my legs grew before my upper body. So I was really attractive. Like, <laughs> And really coordinated. <laughs> and uh, and then I broke my neck, so I got to wear a neck brace. Um, so, so I was popular. Popular homecoming queen. <laughs> and did you stay in high school all through this? Well, that Illinois? was junior high. Junior high. And then you moved to? Well, then we moved to, like, the suburbs of Chicago, and I went to boarding school. Was it like a Catholic type of boarding school, or what type of? No. Um, the church doesn't love my family, believe it or not. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you ever see a movie called The Life of Brian? The Life of Brian. It's yeah. a very Which famous Monty that's Python my, one movie. One of my yeah. favorite. And it's considered. My dad and so did. has has the Vatican condemned the movie as blasphemous? Basically, yeah. Really, that's interesting. Um, there's a very funny thing on YouTube actually. If you have seen the movie, there's two really men of the now. cloth, and then my my dad and Michael Palin, and they're like debating whether the movie is dangerous or not. Basically, yeah. And these guys are like, I mean, I hate to to jump to conclusions with stereotypes but flaming gay <laughs> in like purple dresses um they don't even look like robes they look like dress and they're like but if a 14 year old boy were to see this he would think it was a documentary and then it could <laughs> i mean it's, it's just it's horrible like it and it's so my dad is like the best arguer in the world like yeah. it drives me crazy i can't ever win yeah even though I'm always right, I can't win. Like it, it's he's so smart, it's annoying. Yeah. But um, but watching them debate it is beautiful. Like it's just, it's like a comedy scene that is. Oh, so Michael Palin and your dad are debating this scene on YouTube. Well, they're debating the guys from the church oh. over the movie. Oh wow! On like a talk show. Yeah. Oh, it's a sincere debate. Probably gets yeah. a little fiery. Yeah, they're not, ha- but my, they're, tr- you know, they're English, so they're all like pretending to be respectful, but they like <laughs> want to kill each other. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, like even Michael Palin, who's the loveliest man in the world, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, by far my favorite Python. Like, yeah. My dad doesn't come close. 
<laughs> and he even looks pissed. Like, yeah. which is, it's weird. It's like Gandhi getting upset. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, so we, have you, have you always been sort of closest to your dad? Was he kind of like, cause you see, you're obviously I mean, very yeah. close to them now. We, yeah. I mean, we, we've always been very close, but like, it, it's weird to think back. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I was lucky if I got to talk to him like once every two weeks back then because yeah. we had those things called uh, landlines. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it, if I wasn't home, it was like you had to arrange yeah. a time. It's so weird to think yeah, back to crazy. that time. Like, no emails. We didn't emails. even have email at that, at that point. Um, and he traveled a lot. And, you know, so I'd, it was pretty tough, like being away from, from him. And my mom had a rough time with the the transition but like we've always been close i think we're a lot alike in mm -hmm. a lot of ways i don't look that much like him i don't think thank fucking god i don't think anyone would make a say oh you look like John Cleese. <laughs> yeah, please don't <laughs> i might cry again um, maybe michael palin <laughs> no. I would rather <laughs> I'll take that. I mean, look, my dad's a good-looking dude, but he's got an underbite and a mustache, and the mustache is there to conceal the fact that he has an upper lip that's like the length of my arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I when he shaved it once for this stunt we did at JFL, like I was like, oh, <laughs> now I understand. No, yeah, put it back on. But he's very manly, like masculine. Yeah, looking, yeah, he's a big know? dude. Yeah, he's he's. He is. So I, I got my legs from him. Yeah. So something I wanted to talk about, and we can <laughs> go as deep or as light into this as you want. But um, a lot of people I know who grew up with with uh, you know either parents in the industry or with money that way or connected to it, they usually end up in some level having a problem with addiction or drugs and alcohol right. because it's just so prevalent in in entertainment. Particularly, you're young; it's sort of hard to have the tools to know how to stop. So, what has been your uh, sort of interaction with oh, that yeah. world? Well, I had a cliche to live up to. I mean, yeah, and <laughs> anything I do, I give it my all. Yeah, and exactly. I did. I'm not like, a quitter. I um, I think it was a combination of factors, but like, like for one. I didn't have much supervision ever. Which so how old are you when you when you started oh kind of? I was young. I mean, 12, were you out in LA 12 or, or were you in like, Chicago? Uh, in Chicago, I think the first time I did coke, I was. God, I must have been younger than when I moved to downtown. I was like twelve or thirteen the first time I tried twelve cocaine. or thirteen. And how did that come about for you? How how did you I find coke at twelve? I was a freshman in high school and I was at boarding school. Yeah, and like you're in the dorms with with girls that are 18 but i was two years young for my grade oh, but i was right, tall yeah. so i looked older you could fit in with those girls i literally i didn't know what it was i didn't know it was illegal i didn't know it was a drug i skipped one of the grades where they did drugs <laughs> drug at i shit you not like i knew That's nothing hilarious i didn't know it was like bad for you it was just like so some girls like hey camilla this. come here yeah Take and a um i was honestly just didn't want to be bullied anymore like i just wanted to have friends yeah so of course way to fit in I did it and I, you know, it's not like at that moment I was, but like I started to realize because at that point I was painfully shy. Sure. So British, so yeah. shy, like well-mannered. You'd never recognize me. Like, uh, I'm still shy if I'm not like, if I don't know someone, sure. you know, I don't have like an introduction to them. Uh, but yeah, over the next couple of years, I sort of realized that like, the way that I could make friends because I moved around a ton was yeah. like a be funny 
yeah. and be a party. Yeah, of course. And throw parties and and parties more and and like pull stunts that were funny that people talked about that like usually went example. horribly give wrong. Give me an example of one of these stunts. Oh my god. <laughs> like <laughs> we I was just reminded of one the other day which I actually kind of feel bad and probably owe an apology <laughs> for it. We had a friend that like had a driver's license and I didn't yet and yeah. um We'd been out, I'd snuck out of the dorms and we'd been out partying all night and it was really snowy and she picked us up at my friend's older brother's place and we were fucked up, hadn't studied for our final at all and we talked her into crashing her car into a ditch so that we didn't have to take the final and she actually did it. Like I never really thought that she would like run okay, her car into a ditch. That's her fault. Yeah, right? I mean, it kind of is. But it, the car was fine. Like there yeah, was enough and, snow. And did it work? Yeah, we spent the morning in the ER, but <laughs> we were fine. <laughs> and I got an A on the final one. I took it like a week later. There you go. All's well that ends well with yeah. that one. I also like accidentally lit the dorm on fire, and that was a little bit more of a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so did you complete boarding school? Did you go through all through high school? No. Uh, well, <laughs> so I got kicked out of the dorms. Mm -hmm. I was boarding 15 minutes from my house, if that's any indication <laughs> of how much my parents loved me at that age. Yeah. Um, and understandably so, but like, mm -hmm. they were like, you're misbehaving at home. You're going to go live in the dorms. And then I get to the dorms and they're like, you're misbehaving here. You're going home. And then, <laughs> so that happened a few times. And then they're like, well, clearly she just needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, were you doing well at school? Were you getting good grades? In the classes I liked, yeah, like I, sure. I have an attitude problem. Like yeah. I, I literally once wrote a paper. <laughs> I wrote the paper on why the assignment was stupid. Yeah. And I remember my dad getting a call about it and like on the phone. Oh yes. I'll, I'll have a word with the, and he hangs up and he's like, that's hilarious, <laughs> you know, which doesn't um, help, but it really was a dumb assignment and I yeah. made a very good point. You made a good argument. Yeah. I'm pretty book smart in some things, like so I can memorize a textbook. Yeah. Um, I also used to have to wear a skirt in school, and I have very long legs. And if it was an essay question, like I'd have the essay written all the way oh, up my up leg. Up your leg. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, and it was funny. I was like, "Are they never going to catch on that the <laughs> only time I'm not in the tiniest skirt ever is like on exam day? I'm suddenly conservative." And so you're with my Amish. But yeah. then. In the summer, it was tricky because, like, if I sweat at all, I'd be like, "Oh, fuck!" Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. And so, the, when did you? Where did you finish your high school? Oh, that's an essay question. Oh boy. And I have pants on, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so I, I rode horses competitively at a pretty top level. Wow. At that point, and there was a which great is odd for someone so tall, right? Not in uh, show jumping. Okay. I, I wasn't like a jockey. Yeah. Clearly. I clearly know nothing about horses. I would be like I a Special Olympics jockey. I'm like two jockeys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, for show jumping, which is what I did, it it can be an advantage because you have longer legs to hold on to, and uh -huh. you can generate more strength with the leverage of your upper body than like someone that weighs the same that's shorter. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Um, I don't really remember the actual physics, but like... Let's just say I it works. Yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, when you're jumping five and a half feet, like it's not as smooth as it looks. It helps to have an extra 
foot of lower leg, which yeah. you do. Um, and yeah, so as long as you're like slender and athletic, it's good to be tall. Yeah. And you were doing this through high school. Um, I did. Yeah. So my junior year, I homeschooled. So I com- compete like 40 weeks a year or something oh my ridiculous. God. Uh because I couldn't find a school that would let me take as much time as I wanted off, basically. But, like, I've always... My dad was like, if you're going to homeschool... And I was so excited to, like, fax my homework. Like, there was <laughs> all these bullshit homeschools you could do. But I had, like, tutors, and they made me take a ton of AP classes and stuff. But I actually liked it, because I'm much better at, like, just teaching myself. Sure. Or, like, it's great to have someone to ask a question to, but I don't like anyone telling me what to of do. Course. I'm and usually in high like school, that. you'll ha- you'll come across maybe three good teachers your whole time. Oh, there, yeah. So. I mean, most of them are not that stoked on it. And yeah. because of peop- like children like me I, yeah. that are not fun to or be Or just around. creatives who get really bored really easily. and like. Don't oh, like- I have horrible ADD and was like always looking at, for ways to make people laugh at their expense usually, yes. which is not like a, a favorite Yes. Kirk, what are you doing, but not bud? a bad career move. My, so my you're, you're show jumping for, that's, cr- what is the end game for that? Like you become a professional show jumper? Like are the uh, Olympics or what's the? I don't know. I I mean, the way that, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Um, I always thought I would be a professional and just do that my whole life. Uh, but. And there are people who professionally str- do that their whole yeah. life. Yeah. Wow, who knew? Yeah, I know. It's, it's sort of a esoteric. Yeah, it's. <laughs> bubble. Like. To so put it in perspective, um, and look, I'm very aware of how lucky I was growing up, but we were like the poverty line in that sport. Like, yeah, it is. Of course, the richest crackers on the planet. Yeah, it's yeah. like the billi- the people you don't even know their names because they're so rich that they don't exist. Yeah, like they're they're playing a professional sport that no one knows exists. Uh, basically, and making a living it's doing it. A ridiculous little bubble, um, and it's so all-consuming when you're in it. And like ten years later, I look at it and I'm like, Yeah, I'm glad I didn't stay. It's of basically all women and of. M- Gay men and a few straight men, or at least pretending to be straight. And then I don't rich men bankrolling at all. Uh, yeah. Um, it, was it like horse jumping at night and then eyes wide shut? I mean, eyes wide shut was, at night. And there was some horse. weird shit that went on yeah. for sure. And Speaking those of weird noises, shit, that was a strange noise. For the record, noise. that was the dog. I, I don't think the mic picks picks up okay. the dog, but but he makes some very. I said eyes wide shut, and he got excited. Um, okay, so you you're doing that for a while, and did you fall out of love with it, become disillusioned, or did oh it no, just sort I, of like? I loved it. Like I was doing the Grand Prix and stuff. The thing about uh, equestrian sports, it's kind of a weird thing. It's cool in the fact that like males and females compete as equals. Yeah, but oh, interesting. It's also a sport where it's more about skill and experience than being in your physical prime. So like a lot of the top Olympians are like forties and fifties. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So when you're a junior, there's this hierarchy and like, I was kind of on near the top, um, like uh, as close as you get without a billion dollars, basically. Uh, I, I'd been doing really pretty well. Um, and we imported horses from Europe and stuff. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that was cause my dog just left off of me uh but then i once i aged out of the juniors like you're back at the bottom of the heap yeah that means that you're riding horses for people that 
are varying degrees of dangerous and I broke I'd already broken a lot of bones and stuff but like a combination of that and then my dad being like oh yeah I wasn't kidding about you going to university <laughs> and I'd already deferred three years because I yeah. graduated super young and like I tried to do both for a while and it just yeah was not yeah I think working. that's uh, this question a lot of people have is like do I want to pursue this professional thing or do I want to like go to school right yeah so and you end up going back to un- where do you go to university um you see Santa Barbara oh what wow, that's right where yeah. we just performed so I'm, um very occasionally <laughs> yeah and w- were you uh were you still doing what was your party phase at this point were you still partying a lot were you well doing the croak I, when the i was booze? doing the horse thing like we would party we only really had one morning off a week yeah so it was it was intense it was a lot yeah. and that kept me out of trouble to some degree i mean i was also like schooling ponies on ecstasy but you know, it's <laughs> like when you're young, you're invincible. Yeah. And it must be it, fun petting a pony on ecstasy. Oh, I I used to hate riding ponies because I'm so tall. It's a lot more work. Yeah. Because when you, you know, when you trot, you have to post and go up and down. Yeah. When you're six one and you're on a tiny pony, do you know how far? It's like doing squats for an <laughs> hour. Um, and I used to dread it, but on ecstasy, it was like, sweet, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. um, anyway. Uh, I hope none of my former employers listen to this. Uh, uh, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. They pay me such bad money. They can go <laughs> fuck themselves. Uh, but <laughs> no, and UC- UCSB is a party school. Yeah, but so I was already like, like my level of partying, like I had a PhD by the time I was yeah. like in. You're like, let me show you kids something. Because I lived in Santa Barbara. So yeah. I, I was already in the downtown scene. Yeah. Like, we would go to Isla Vista to the college parties in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great thing. Yeah. Like, and I didn't even like it back then, to be honest. I always thought IV was kind of creepy. Yeah. And dirty and, like, ugh. I don't yeah. know. Not that downtown is, like, that great. But I thought it was because, you know, I wasn't 21 yet. Did you have family living in Santa Barbara at this point? Yeah. So, my I'd moved there, like, so, A, so that I could train with this top trainer out here uh but be to live with my dad who then found out he couldn't be in the country for tax reasons so i basically really? I like lived that. on on the beach on my own like in santa barbara um which was amazing yeah but also like not you yeah know? i think you crave structure more than you care to admit at that yeah. age and mm-hmm. like it was kind of a trip but i was also traveling a lot for for the horses and you know that kept me out of enough trouble uh-huh. it wasn't until that stopped that it was like when the horses stopped that's when the trouble started well suddenly you have all this free time like yeah. i was used to getting up at four four thirty so there's in the morning no, no discipline and riding until like seven at night like i'd ride 22 horses or something absurd yeah and then suddenly i'm taking like 12 units and like I didn't know what to do with myself, and I was depressed. And you had I mean, nothing to replace miserable. the horseback riding as a as no, a hobby. Yeah. Only cocaine, only and cocaine, beer, and whatever else was handed to me. And I was I was really miserable, like now, sad. We, we talked about that a little bit on the on the car right here. You said like I said, what what drugs you do? You're like whatever was handed to me. Was that like literally like people would just hand you? What was the worst thing that you you must have some hair no, hair experiences? Thankfully, no one ever handed me like meth, L- laced or, shit, or. N- 
Well, I'm sure laced shit. Um, like, I don't even know. I was not very responsible about it by <laughs> any means, but I did do heroin once by accident, but I snorted it because I thought it was coke. Yeah. That was a surprise. Holy yeah, shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it scared me off it, which is good because yeah. I have so many friends that I've lost to that horrible. Of course, yeah. But I mean, that's more, I think, the painkiller epidemic. Never got into those, thank fucking God. Because yeah. I was always prescribed to them from all the injuries, but like, I never liked them. I've always liked, weirdly, I'm, I'm kind of a control freak. I don't like to feel that fucked up. Yeah. So like. Well, you probably like uppers because they actually make you feel more in control somehow. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I mean, I liked alcohol more than anything, I think. But mm -hmm. like the cocaine had just helped me drink more. Yeah. Which, you know, thank you. <laughs> Until the next <laughs> thank you, day. Cocaine. Or four days. Why are you being a maniac? Oh. Poor guy. Maybe. Oh, you know, we have like we have like raccoons and squirrels oh, and shit. So maybe he's just seeing some animal. He met an opossum the other day, and now he thinks he's like a a hunter. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah, he's freaking out. I love it. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're you're in Santa Barbara. You're uh -huh. partying. You don't do your fucking time. You're getting these drugs, but you have you have a pretty good handle on at this point. I don't know if I've ever had a handle on much. Like I've had a lot of handles of things, but like I. But you have a handle on like the the, the drugs chronology and like is such a blur to be honest. Yeah, for Herc, sure. Stop wow. it, bud. Hercules really really upset I, right now. You are never this. I think he's twist himself around the leg of the of the thing. It's because he's not an ambiturner. So people who are Come listening, here, just use your imagination. There's a little. It's a long-haired chihuahua. What you say? He's. I think part chihuahua, part piglet, and part, part bunny piglet, rabbit. And part bunny rabbit. And he... he How old is he? He's like two and a half, maybe? Wow, because his eyes have like a post-Vietnam War veteran a thousand-yard stare. He lives with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's... It's not uncommon. He has light eye, like green eyes. They're yeah. really pretty in the sunlight, but I think they get very sensitive in the sun. Oh, Come I didn't mean that in a bad way. I think he's adorable, but he has like yeah, very deep, not. soulful eyes. <laughs> I didn't mean he it. is the funniest little nugget, but he's really amped up because he thinks he's about to like, Come here, bud. Um, Go on a trophy hunt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come here, bud. Come on. Okay. He never whines until you get super excited, but he does make little pig noises, which... Oh, he's very cute. He's an adorable he's little a dog. sweet little boy. All right. Uh, back to cocaine. Back to cocaine. So... <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, I know you're saying it's kind of a blur. So every, like, every, right now, everything's like... It's, it's moving along. You're kind of doing the well, thing. Well, at some point, I was living in New York model like i was going back so how'd you go from forth. horseback riding to well, school then modeling riding. i was still when, riding how did the modeling I started with the modeling i was never living in new york full-time but my dad had an apartment there so like i would go in for a few months and yeah and like right before i was about to die i would fly home <laughs> oh yeah the, i mean you know. modeling in new york and this is in oh the 90s God. or whatever it was it, i had a blast but it yeah. was like it's crazy. You know, yeah. I was 17 Jesus. living out there. And you were doing runway? Because I imagine you're tall. You were doing no, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I broke my hip and I have, um, like, the shoes never were above a size 11 and I wear an 11 and a half. <laughs> so, like, those two things in combination, I, I have done a few runway shows, but, like, I, yeah, it was very hard to, like, not limp 
Um, yeah. And that is not what they're looking for. Yeah. They're believe looking for people it or not. who can actually <laughs> walk without limping. And yeah. And that was in flats, like uh, in heels. It was like. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was in pain a lot. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So you go to you go to New York fashion when scene New in York, the 90s. Crazy that, party. And then yeah. I would like, especially in the off season when I wasn't riding and then like I would occasionally go to class. But yeah. like. They don't take attendance at UCSB. Yeah. There's like 40, 50 something thousand people. Yeah. Like, and, and at this point, were you, because of your dad, and, you know, you knew all the Python and stuff, were you interested in that world? Were you interested in entertainment? Was it something that. Oh my God, you're driving me crazy, Pop. Stop it. Was something Sorry. that struck you as, as a career option? No, I was always really put off by um, the fame aspect of it. And. I was just intimidated. I didn't want to follow in my dad's footsteps. Like I, I mean, that, yeah, that would be intimidating as hell. I imagine, um, <laughs> particularly as as a, as a comic actor or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, and I, you know, when you grow up in a family of comedians, like I don't know if I ever thought I was that funny. Do you have other family members that were involved in the business? And yeah, comedy. Um, like, so I'm the baby by like ten years, I think something like that anyway but they all had like all my siblings had significant others so i have two i think they're both now ex stepbrother-in-law and an ex half-brother-in-law don't even try and think like, <laughs> yeah. my family's ridiculous uh but one of them is who was married to my sister who lives here um he wrote like men in black uh-huh. and incredibly talented oh, screenwriter yeah. uh because he's like 10 years older than my sister who's 10 years older than me. So like the ages make it pretty confusing. Yes. To say the least. But um, yeah, he's, he's, he wrote for Gary Shamling, Larry uh-huh. Sanders show, like very, very oh, wow. funny guy, incredibly talented and wonderful human. Um, my sister is an actress. She was great, but had babies young. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my niece and nephew, I think, we have the same age difference as like me and my sister. So it's, you know, yeah. And then my dad's wife is, I think she's older than my sister by a week. (laughs) So that's normal. Yeah. Um, in LA it is. (laughs) And my sister's husband was like 10 years older than her. I mean, it's all like, it's so, if you looked at a photo, you would have no idea how (laughs) anyone was related. Um, we don't even know. We just know who not to fuck. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's anyway. good. So at one, <laughs> at one point in this journey, did you got sober. Was this before or after you started doing stand-up, and how did that happen? That was way before stand-up, and thank God, because I don't know if I would have been able to do it, oh, like God. putting myself through the emotional hell. That what I made do. you finally get sober? Um, I, I had some legal run-ins, shall we say, like like a handful or, or like four you got handfuls. Oh, yeah. Anything for anything bad. bad, or was it like bad. Oh, yeah. so felonies? One, yeah. Um, and then after that, I got another misdemeanor. And that was like, so just in in my defense, and look, I was a <laughs> fuck up. There's no, there's no real defense here. Yeah. But like, I was living in Santa Barbara. They don't have real crime. So yeah. the police make their money off like DUIs, you know, chasing kids around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tall and slow. And <laughs> I kind of had a target on my back because my dad was very well known in the community and sure. like, I was known to be a nightmare basically. Yeah. And 
like I'm not a subtle person really, mm-hmm. especially if I'm in heels drunk at a bar. Like yeah, yeah, whoops. Yeah. And I thought at one point that maybe I should sell cocaine as a career. That I was very bad drug dealer. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm drug. the worst. Blonde, six foot like, one. I was like, oh, it's perfect. I'm I'm good at math. Yeah. Until I'm drunk, which at that point was like all the time. Uh, the biggest issue, I think, was that I'm just, like, a little too trusting. And when your clientele is <laughs> drug addicts, it's, like, not. Yeah. Great. And then I was really generous. And I kept giving it away to myself, mostly. Um, <laughs> You're really generous <laughs> to give away to yourself. I like that. Yeah. So, so then how did you get busted? Oh, God. It, oh, God. It's so Does mortifying. Does it involve a sting operation, undercover cops? And well, it, what was crazy was that a wedding from my friends from high school in Chicago, right, are getting married in Santa Barbara. So all of my Chicago friends are staying at the, this resort in Santa Barbara. And at the time, I had a stalker. This is a really weird story, but we'll skip over that part. But anyway, I couldn't stay at my place at the ranch because it was not safe. Um, so I was staying at this ho- this resort with all of my friends. And they wanted uh, some party favors for uh, the, the night before the wedding. And that's cocaine people. Uh-huh. Uh, it was actually a really close friend of mine's older brother. So I wasn't actually going to the wedding. I just, because I didn't really know him, but I knew everyone else there. And so I got them quite a large quantity of cocaine, which I never even got to do for the record. Um, because I'd left it in my hotel room and then like given my hotel room key to one of them. And they went up there and... I was hanging at the bar with my friend and at one point I was like, where are they? So I went back upstairs um, <laughs> to see where they were and there was like blow all over my room. I was Holy like, Thank- shit. thanks guys. Maybe I'll do some. And I turned around and there were cops in the doorway and they, they'd oh already left. And apparently oh, so your friends one of their mothers had seen them through the hotel window, not knowing it was them and uh, called the police. Oh my God. And right as the rehearsal dinner got let out, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going down without a fight, apparently. I don't remember any of this, but uh, my boyfriend at the time was the district attorney. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you couldn't write this shit. Like, people, <laughs> they're like, why don't you talk about it on stage? And like, because they'll think yeah, I made it like, up. Oh, that's like, a funny it just story doesn't you made sound viable yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and... Not the DA, but like the deputy, one of the of like assistant, whatever. Yeah. I don't re- remember that much about like that entire period. And he pulled the police report. It was funny. I yeah. mean, look, like in now that I'm older, yeah. Older do, you, do you have a copy sober, of the police report? Uh, no. Oh god. But um, did you like, fight the cops when they were trying well, to arrest you? The female cop was, and she was half my size. Yeah. And I was really drunk and really didn't want to go to prison again, or not pri- like jail, jail. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't like punching her. I was just like tr- resisting her, but I have a very long wingspan. You and like, wings, if you so want to try to drag me out of somewhere, like <laughs> it's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of elbows, a lot and knees. of limbs to wrangle. Yeah. And it took a number of people and that, oh God, I did some dumb shit. I like, I shouldn't even, I don't think so I've you ever didn't remember it until you read the police report. And you're like, I did that. Um, I remembered like bits and pieces, but you know, that like brown out feeling where yes. you're like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like at first you hear it and you're like, that can't be right. 
and then it, yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, I remember deciding to do that, and what? Why? Uh, so. Yeah. And would you be, so that, was this the moment where you're like, I'm going to be sober? Now you didn't go to AA, which is at that point, no, not not yet. Uh, <laughs> I I was sober very briefly, I think, but I was like really lost. Like it was there was a lot of other stuff too that factored into it, but um, I don't. God, I get things like switched around too because this is so. It's like. 12 years ago now or something but I went back to Chicago and managed to actually I shouldn't even say this because I got so lucky that they never put it together that it was like in two different states because otherwise I would have been in like looking at like years yeah um, because I already had a, a DUI and then that and then I went back to Chicago and god (laughs) (laughs) the best part was I was trying to be responsible like I'd taken a taxi to the bar i took a taxi back and realized i was parked in a tow zone so i came downstairs in my pajamas like barefoot and i was just gonna reverse my car like into a non-tow zone yeah i was moving it the wrong way down a one-way street (laughs) and i got like in literally 50 feet i got a dui oh wow but that i feel like was in a funny way it was like i don't know if i believe in god but i believe in some higher power or like mm-hmm. some force of the universe well, and like God, that right? probably saved my life because yeah. I was in a bad bad you place. need something to stop you and I remember that was the moment when I was like I'm done like it, this is I remember sitting in that jail cell and for like eight hours because I didn't want to have to call my stepdad to bail yeah. me out like I was trying anyone except my family and I was so embarrassed and I remember just wanting to die, like just, and coming down off drugs. And like, I remember thinking like, I have to remember exactly like the color of the room and like the smell and the despair and like every physical sensation and how fucking horrible this is because I need to know that like when I take a sip of alcohol, this this is is what happens. Yeah. And that's all I thought about for like six hours, basically. And wow. they bailed me out and then I checked into rehab and yeah, that yeah. was it. But like, and so you've been sober since. Yeah. I, I'm not like the model citizen by any means, but like I, like I don't go to meetings all the time anymore. I do every once in a while, but like, um, as long as you have a control over it, does it really, I don't know if that really matters. I know people, some AA purists are like, look, I think it would probably time. do me a lot of good, but I also <laughs> like, and this is such a pathetic excuse, but I get so sick of driving. Like if I don't have to leave my house <laughs> yeah, and I'm not working, uh-huh. like I'm not going to most of the time. Yeah. Cause like I'm still at that phase of my career where I do like, one night in San Diego. So I drive down like two and a half hours or five if it's rush hour. Yeah. Do 20 minutes, get in the car and drive, you know, two and a half hours back. Like, yeah, you get sick of driving. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And how did stand up get started for you? Because you you'd been doing all this stuff, horseback riding, modeling, partying, uh, and then somehow stand up popped up. Well, for one, they don't do a background check. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's like a great I literally at. At this point, and the the tough thing about having a famous parent is, like, you don't get to make mistakes in private. Yeah. You know? So this stuff was on TMZ and in the papers. Not TMZ. Like, I, you know, he's not famous enough here, but, like, 
the British the Daily Guardian, yeah. But the but Google doesn't discriminate between. Sure, sure. It's all international. So you type my name in Google, and thank God they gave me a really original name that no one else has. Like, (laughs) if I was Bill Dawes, like I could blame another Bill Dawes. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I'm literally the only Camilla Cleese, so yeah, like, I can't blame anyone except me. Yeah, which kind of sucks. Like so I, you I like couldn't get back into school. I couldn't do. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't get a job anywhere. Yeah. Um. And you tried, and people were like, mm, "Well, not I did." You. That's that's me being a little dramatic, but uh, I started before I even got sober. Like I'd been writing a little bit here and there with my dad. I toured with him. Um, and what do you mean you toured with him? Doing what? So <laughs> he asked if I wanted to help him write a one man show. Oh, Sorry, wow. I'm trying to make sure he doesn't get off the couch. No, I'm, I'll make sure. Okay, he's just antsy. There, there, um, there's like a whole other. Uh, thing going on with this dog. There's like another one-act play happening with Hercules trying to like catch imaginary animals and get away. It anyway. runs in the family. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he wanted to do one-man show, and you were going to be his. He uh, was going to tour New Zealand with a one-man show. He'd been offered this deal to do, and he asked if I wanted to write it with him, which basically meant he can't type, so he needed someone to type and make coffee to dictate. Yeah, and. I was like, sure, it's a nice little part-time gig. And I think I wound up contributing more than either of us anticipated. Sure. Uh, And I enjoyed it. And like, I actually, I think, came up with some pretty good stuff. Some good jokes that worked in the show. Yeah, and then I wrote my way into the show so I didn't have to go back to school. So you became an actor in the show? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, I acted and stuff, but like... I would watch that movie, by the way. If there was a movie about... A famous dad and the daughter crane woman show in New Zealand touring in her. That's <laughs> great. Right. That's, I mean, my pilot's not that different. The one that we pitched last week, I think I told you, but uh, minus we're not in New Zealand at that point, yeah. but we were going to have that be one of the, one of the portions. It's been a trip. Like, so how long have you toured with this show with your dad? Well, so we did that tour. I wasn't sober yet. I was, yeah. uh, and it was, oh my God, we were so under rehearsed because he got sick and had to have like this huge operation. We had like one week rehearsal. I mean, it was, it's amazing that we pulled it off yeah. like we did, especially I was still a drunk. Like I, I'm mortified <laughs> looking back, but it was a funny show. It yeah. was so weird. Like it was a one man show that I wrote my way into that I wrote my best friend in so she could come basically. <laughs> She's a dancer. So mm-hmm. she like had a couple little scenes where like we basically used her to distract the audience to do things. Like it was like so do a scene change. Well, or my dad decided at change. the end of the show, he wanted to fire a cat out of a cannon. Don't ask like a it's, cat, a it, real cat. Yeah. Yes. Supposedly. But we needed her to distract the audience while we replace, replace the real cat with a stuffed okay. cat and stuffed it into the cannon and they got so good at doing it it really looked real yeah, and then yeah, of yeah. course the cannon would overfire and we'd all be like oh <laughs> and there was like smashing glass so this has real production value only this one part like i don't know where the <laughs> fuck he came up with this idea but he was like this is how we're closing the show and yeah. we're like okay that sounds like, very monty python there were fish like we were holding fishing nets up to catch the cat. Like it was absurd. It was an hour and a half show. How long was the show? Uh, I think about that. Yeah. yeah. How was it received? Did it get good reviews? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really remember. Like I know that a 
one of the critics absolutely crucified me but then another one was like probably gave me the best compliment I'll ever receive and I don't know how but god bless you whoever you were uh and was like pretty soon he will be known as Camilla Cleese's father and I was like That's my dad actually just reminded me of that I was like That's hilarious. How you're telling people that? Like That's great. Oh, he must feel proud about that. No. And it so was this cool. this like, became the springboard for for stand up for you. You were like I can do this. I can well, write funny stuff and it, I didn't do stand up in the show but I was then writing comedy and doing acting training and mm -hmm. you know learning and I I was fortunate enough to be able to work with my dad and learn from him which sure. like it's Come on. pretty lucky. Yes. It's better than any one of these cocked acting teachers out in LA for sure. <laughs> yeah. You mean like failing actor? Oh, I can name 50 right now. I know. Well, there, it's such a weird, it's become like a such a business here. Oh, it is. It's awful. It's like a factory and they poor, these poor people's dreams are $300 just, an hour for an, a, oh, a coaching session. I know. Where you mostly just listen to them talk about themselves. They talk about themselves and they give you one choice and yeah. you still don't get it. <laughs> They're like, just be. <laughs> just pause a lot yeah <laughs> yeah no it's ridiculous or, oh my god anyway so yeah um how did you get started in stand-up how was what was your first show do you remember that um well and how I, long ago was it i don't remember because when we met you had six years yeah maybe? we met Five you hadn't half, been doing years? it yeah no 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 not even close I don't, I don't think it had crossed my mind the first time i ever thought i could do it actually was it was funny i went I was seeing this guy who apparently this comedian was also seeing and we didn't know it at the time, <laughs> but like I went, he managed a bar in downtown and she performed on the show and did stand up. It was Sarah Tiana, who I'm sure oh, you know. Oh yeah, I know Sarah Tiana, yeah, of course. And uh, I, I was like, holy shit, like this is a girl, up until then I don't think I'd seen it a woman do stand up that, that was, was just like, like a chick it was like m someone i'd be friends with yeah she wasn't like a caricature and she was super funny and mm -hmm. really dark like and i was like oh maybe i could do that and long story short we wound up i mean this is a really fucking long story anyway but uh we started doing a sketch show together so you had the stamp but you started doing a sketch show with sarah yeah um and we worked great together and like I used to watch her all the time and I was like so impressed and I really, I was just terrified. Like I'm, I'm shy. I, I've always struggled with stage fright. Like, um, and fi like finally it took me forever to get up the balls and like it, she helped, but like I really looked up to her. I mean, obviously not physically, but like, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was really cool to see yeah. her finally get a half hour on Comedy Central. For sure. She's deserved it for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, she's a great comedian. You should definitely check her out. But so, yeah, I mean, she was the one that inspired me. I don't know if I should, like, thank her or punch her, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then it sort of, I fell in love with it. It's one of those things, y yeah, you know, you like you it. either fall in love with it. Well, you or do, you hate it and you never do it again. Yeah, so you're doing sketch. How do you get on stage as a stand-up for the first time? Um, An open mic? Yeah. Or was it just, you, do you remember where it was? Do you remember your first joke? Uh, or your first, anything about your first I set? still do one of the first jokes I ever wrote. <laughs> Sometimes, not always, but like yeah. it. some of my first jokes were actu or actually some of my best because I was already writing you were for writing, so long. Yeah, for cool, and sure. that helped a lot. So what would be one of your first jokes? Um, Well... I used to talk a lot about my height 
I still do just because it's like the elephant right in the there. room. Yeah. Like, I fuck, I hate that joke. It's like the anorexic elephant in the room, I guess. But um, <laughs> like, I the stupid comments people make about my height, and this is a true story, like something I used to do. But uh, one night, this really creepy drunk guy came up to me <laughs> and used like the worst pickup line for the record you can ever use on a tall girl. He's like, "Damn, girl, you're really tall." <laughs> so I was like, "Not for a man." Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. great. And he, uh, he. Oh, I think a- I've seen you. That's he great. went away. I'm sure you have. Like, I- but that one, and then another one about like. A- admiring my parents and wanting to be just like them because they've been married for 42 years to seven different people <laughs> um that's great do you talk about the f- uh, the fact that your dad is who he is is no, that something you no, you don't ever uh, want to talk about on stage it doesn't really give you any value to your stand-up i imagine i think it if anything will put some people off especially because like if they don't know who he is they're like who is who this bitch who thinks her dad is special <laughs> and then if they, if they do, do they're like she just thinks she's funny because she's his daughter. So of it's course. sort of it. It just at the comedy store they used to haze me a lot by introducing me as like, and you know our nice comedian, give it up for John Cleese's daughter. They wouldn't even use my. Would they name. do that as as friends being no. funny or this? Why are they such dicks over I there? Don't fucking it's know. so weird. And they to still sometimes like. Why I'm like they, I've I mean, been doing this. I've worked my ass off. Like, can you let it go now? Like, it's been long enough. I mean, these people you know. What? Because if you tell someone, hey, don't do that, and they do it again, then you have a right to kick them in the fucking nuts. Well, th- most of them are employed there, so I just don't... Yeah. Like, at that point, I still cared about getting past there. Yeah. Which I just, re- honestly, whatever yeah. now. Now, we talked a little bit about that because you were there during the, the shooting at the yeah. comedy store, which not a lot of people know about. And No, it was kept pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that what was, was that like? Because I, you, I just found out when you told me. <laughs> it was very surreal. Uh, it was weird. It was like you're hanging out in the lobby there, the, uh, the on bar. the patio, on like the patio, the bar, the bar, yeah, which is on the street. For mm-hmm. anyone that doesn't know that building, there's like a a little wall, but it's only three and a half Hip feet, high, maybe, yeah. um, around the patio, and there's a bar out there, and that's where a lot of people hang out when sure. they're not in the showrooms. And it was roast battle night, so normally it's packed, right? But they must have waited for it to be quiet because there were only like maybe seven or eight of us like oh, actually wow. out there. It was really quiet for like Tuesday night. I mean, it was midnight, but this is L.A., yeah. right? And it was all comics that I was hanging out with. It was someone's birthday, and they were all hammered. I was yeah. not. I kind of wish I had been, to be honest. Sure. But like. There was only one guy out there that we didn't know, and he was sitting by himself, um, like, up against the wall where you walk in the OR. And we were all kind of, like, by the entrance to the patio and uh, chatting, just having fun. And and I just remember hearing, like, the first bang and kind of turning around. And, like, I'm a little slow sometimes. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but there's a guy standing there like literally I don't know eight feet from where I'm sitting on the wall holding a gun and shooting and like fires off six seven eight rounds is he shooting just randomly different places or just I didn't really uh, know because like I was staring at him and then one of the other comics grabbed me and pulled me under the legend thank god like because who was that comic do you remember um the guy who saved your life that you're forgetting (laughs) way to go this is horrible, but I think it was 
I think it was Eddie De- or well, you know what? I don't want to say names because I don't know if like they talk about being there or not. So like, it's yeah. just a privacy okay, thing. Okay, I get because it. Because honestly, I don't know if they ever caught the guy, and it was a gang oh, hit. They, so they're actually it was a gang hit. Yeah. So was there a gang member in the on the patio? Well, apparently, so we didn't know at the time. Like, it, my first thought was, oh, it's a movie shoot. I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is ridiculous. Uh, but, but, but in LA, in so why not? Yeah, it of course. Felt yeah. That place was like my living room. So or it's, it's like, like some prank or something right. like that, or yeah. It, which is totally feasible. It seems a yeah. lot more realistic, at least. Um, and it wasn't a big gun, so like when I'd heard other guns in the past, it was much louder than this one was. Yeah. Uh, and at first, I couldn't see the guy bleeding. Like, um, it, like you could tell he'd been hit because of the way he reacted, and, and his the guy eyes had, rolled the guy back was inside the patio who'd been shot. He was, yeah, or on the patio, on the like, p- sitting up, sitting or leaning against the wall, but right by where you walk in the OR. Yeah, okay. Um, Like, on the side where the windows are to the OR, right? Yeah. Like, by the plant so or whatever that's there. Up against the club, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, like, crumpled down, and, you know, then I realized he he was bleeding, like, but this guy took off running, and if you think about it, it was actually... A very well pl- like thought out thing but he waited for it to be quiet yeah and at the time house of blues was still there and that little side street was barricaded halfway down so mm-hmm, you couldn't mm-hmm. drive down it so yeah. like i'm sure there was a car waiting for him on the other side of the barricade uh so he ran off and was in a car you know thir- 30 se- like the whole thing happened in like 30 seconds yeah. and i just remember like Everything I, I was like, what is happening? Let's call nine one one. Like everyone, n- no one inside had any idea that any of this. Had and there's shows know going how on. The yeah. fuck the shows are still going on. Like we literally had to go inside and and tell them. I think like it was so weird. Oh, and it got weirder. Um, <laughs> and this is where I was like. There, what is happening right now? Do you remember Hollywood Jesus? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin yeah. Lovely guy for the listeners. Uh, he was this like six foot five guy, a little eccentric, super nice yes. guy. I don't even think he was religious, but he dressed like Jesus and walked around Hollywood and took photos with people. Yeah. And he used to hang out at the comedy store a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think people feel very comfortable there if they're a little Off. outsiders yeah. because it's a very non judgmental, like, comics are weird, right? Yeah. He'd be like giving massages to people <laughs> and you're like, you're massaging these guys like yeah. of all the people that deserve that. Um, anyway, so the first person to walk out of the fucking OR was Kevin Hollywood Jesus yeah. in his robes. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting under the ledge being like, whoa, is this the real Jesus taking this it, poor man who died? And he like walks out. <laughs> I'm not going to do the act out because you're the only one that can see. But like he kind of looks around as he did (laughs) and then he looks down and he sees the guy and he jumps and like jumps back and runs back inside the or and Uh i'm like (laughs) (laughs) what is this real life like yeah thanks jesus yeah um and a couple of the comics were trying to revive the guy we're calling the ambulance it took this guy's still alive and the ambulance i I mean i think he went quite quickly like they won't pronounce him dead till they get to the hospital i guess but they didn't bother with sirens on the way out, so I'm guessing that it was already over. Oh, wow. 
They certainly like the authorities. It took them forever to get so there. What, forever is that like? So, well, the first guy or? I think was a parking guy, <laughs> and you know how we feel about parking guys at the comedy store. <laughs> so like they, nobody wanted him around. And then it was like they gradually showed up, and then someone told everyone in the belly room, and it like all hell broke lo- loose. Like, and no one was really paying attention to the witnesses. Like, so a couple of us. I asked if they needed help, but, like, I didn't get a good look at the guy. We all yeah. could tell you he was, like, average height wearing a hoodie. Um, but, like, people were disagreeing on what color the hoodie was. Yeah. And, like, I probably got the least good look, even though I was by far the most sober one. Like, a couple of the guys seemed excited to go to the police station, which I couldn't quite figure out, but I guess like a bottle of rum will do that to you. So I let them kind of handle it. Uh, And eventually like the, the police like weren't paying any attention to the witnesses. So a couple people took off because it's now like 4am. Yeah. Um, I remember I couldn't find my car keys and I I was too shaky to drive. So I took an Uber <laughs> and I was dating this guy and I, I banged on his door cause like my phone was dead and I was a mess. Like I'd been crying yeah. and I was like, I was at the store and someone got murdered and he didn't believe a word. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're crazy. And I was like, drunk? it was a very weird, weird experience. I didn't sleep for about a week. Wow. Like, yeah, your PTSD. Just, yeah, it was scary. Um, and after that, you didn't really go back to the store for a long time, or? Mm, well, it was. <laughs> so it turned out I also had from something else that happened. I'd broken my leg, and I I was in a ton of pain, but I didn't realize it was broken. And I hate doctors, so like, yeah. I also then had a broken leg and was dealing with that. So I like didn't go for mostly the shooting reason but also yeah. i was on crutches and whatever um but to be honest that i didn't love going there anyway because mm-hmm. of just the energy and like the hazing and whatever so it's sort of like a justification for myself to sure, like I get not that. Mm-hmm. go there anymore. yeah um and i'll go now once in a while to like see my friends but yeah. i've never felt as comfortable there as some people you know, you're either you. in with the click there or you're not. And like, I have some great friends that hang out there all the time, but like, you know, it's very like, it's different there. It's changed a lot. It's gotten better, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, it's a pretty it's dark place. Like, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I, maybe I'm just like a light little half a fig, but <laughs> like, I like the fact that Laugh Factory is a rainbow in the sun <laughs> and the rooms are bright. And you can yeah. see people in the fourth row. Well, you feel like you don't need to shower when you get home. Which yes. Is, well, maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of porn stars <laughs> go to Laugh Factory. But the comedy store, I'd always shower when I got yeah. back. Like, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I love it on one hand, but, like, I, I don't know if I'll ever totally feel relaxed there again. Yeah. I don't know what, if I ever did in the first place. Like, um, and I've had some other weird shit happen there, but whatever. That's here nor there um so you never really talked to people about the shooting you never talked to cops you never kind of like well i gave them my statement but like yeah. i didn't have much detail say, yeah. i just sort of told them what happened as i and then remembered it and then um 
Yeah, I. Uh, and it was not really covered much in the news in the past. It, I, like, it was weird. Days. Like a lot yeah. of people didn't know about it. Of course, there were the comics who made it about them. And yeah. Like the funny <laughs> part was none of them were actually there. there like yeah. they were upstairs or like in the bathroom. Yeah. And they made it sound like you know their life just yeah. got they ruined. They did a Steve and Renzizi they were, like, and were like, I was in the building yeah. during nine eleven. <laughs> exactly. Like taking all the empathy and support that they could. Um, yeah. But I think those of us that actually were like at the time didn't you know, want to talk about it at all. I well, not only that, like I definitely it was nice to be able to talk about it with the other people that were there. But like, there was this part of me that was like, when we found out it was a gang hit with a pretty gnarly gang. Yeah, it was like, do I really want to announce yeah, myself as yeah. a key witness in a murder trial potentially? Like, no. yeah, exactly. I'll leave that for the people looking for. So no, for a long time I didn't tell anyone I was there. But like now I, yeah, I mean I've it's been years now. Yeah, it's been long enough. Yeah, uh, that still loud bangs. Sure, not, not my jam. Yeah, <laughs> like <exactly. I'll> definitely <laughs> get a little shaky. And now you have your emotional support animal to help you with those. I do. Um, I'm actually his emotional support animal, but um. So, and so you've been doing comedy six years now. I think so, yeah. And I feel like... I took a little time off at one point, but... Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're you're doing really well now. Like, I, I see your name around. You're in lots of sketches and different things and doing different shows. I mean, you know, you're... you're it you're, never feels like you're doing that Of course, well. never feels like... You know, yeah. it's, I think if you're any good at it and, like... I'm so hard on myself. I don't know if I could... I'm getting better about it, but, like, I... I always think it should have been better like it's always of course. Like, I think work that's, harder that, that's be the mark be of a better. true artist is you're never really happy right. with what you're doing there there's a great quote by Martha Graham I'm gonna be really pretentious quoting Martha Graham here yeah but she said as an as a as an artist you can never experience satisfaction you can only experience a divine dissatisfaction so oh, I've I always, like that yeah, it's, it's very a great, I mean true. you can google it because she she worded it better but that's kind of like no, you have a divine I dissatisfaction totally get it. yeah like you you know like I'll have the best set of my career so far and for 30 seconds it's the best feeling in the world and then I'm sitting down writing what I should have done better. Oh wow. And like like I and that, you know I'm trying to get better about like savoring that of that course. thing but yeah. then it's also always you know I'm still relatively new and there's I'm in the town where all the best comedians in the world are here. So yeah. like Immediately, the next guy goes on and does way better than I did, and you're like, "Oh fuck! Well, yeah. I have a long way to go." Yeah, but for it's, sure. I love the challenge, you know, yeah. and like the psychology of it is fascinating. There, it's always different. Mm -hmm. It's so humbling. Like yes. you, you crush, and then an hour later, same room, same material. Suddenly, you're not funny anymore, and you're yeah. like, "What just happened?" Yeah. Uh, and I I do love that aspect, but it's emotionally it's not the easiest. I think it's fair to say, um, being judged by a room full of strangers every night. Mm -hmm. But I I do love it. It's just it's hard in L.A. more than anything. I think. Just Why do you think it's hard in L.A.? Because it's so oversaturated with comics, like yeah. the best comics, and yeah. there's not that many clubs for the size city. Yeah. And the audiences suck a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, not not at like the big clubs so much, but like. Everyone here is in the industry, so like no one wants to go to shows because everyone's trying to get people to go to their shows, whether it's yeah. music or art or whatever. 
Um, and if there's industry there, they don't laugh because they're judging. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of really self-absorbed people who like take selfies during your set, which it's fun <laughs> if you catch them, but at yeah. the same time, like they're incapable of listening. Now, basically. let me ask you this as, as a woman and where you're at right now, particularly the past year, uh, has your attitude towards comedy changed? Are the dogs about to jump off a couch? <laughs> or do you feel like an obligation as a female in comedy to speak about things that are of a sort of, uh, you know, about like Me Too, Time's Up, and the nature of like women empowerment? Is that something that occurs like, to you? I'm all like, about wi- female empowerment, but I think a lot of these things are over corrections that are backfiring now, if I'm honest. Yeah. And it, I think like, the, the idea behind the Me Too movement was was awesome, but like the actual hashtag, I think is ridiculous. Yeah. First of all, for anyone that isn't familiar with Twitter, they would read it pound Me Too. Like, how <laughs> ironic is that? I mean, I never the fact that, that no great. one thought me that too. through is like amazing have you said that on stage is that something you created i I have i've never heard that before i mean i it's a nice t-shirt pound me too yeah right like it it's the antithesis of what like it's hilarious yeah um but it also it created this like bandwagon to jump on that's like fun like be a part of this club which it shouldn't be like at all yeah hey because people are like, I haven't been, you know, there's definitely a feeling of like, I haven't been me too'd enough or yeah. you've been me too'd more than me. and Like, oh, I'm, my life is harder than your life, which has always been a bit well, of a Hollywood pe- thing. People love, like victimology victim. is a whole thing. People are like, I'm the most disenfranchised victim of them all. Right. So Well, and especially actors who love attention, like you, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying that a lot of these claims are unjustified. I'm just saying that there's enough of them that are that it fucks it up for everyone. Yeah, you know, of like it marginalizes the the legitimate messed up stuff. Yeah. And and unfortunately, there's no way that you can prove a lot of it. Mhm. Um you know, I think in some cases where the claims are not legitimate, like it's ruined lives, but yeah. there's still a million cases where guys have not gone down that no one of know, course of about. course like, it's, so it's better to it's over so overcorrect that way yeah but then i also you know i have a friend who's a, a big executive who was saying that they don't want to hire women anymore because it's like they're too worried about all of this stuff so yeah that's a problem like it it's such a complicated thing though like how do we yeah, really exactly. i mean i do hope that maybe guys will behave better the ones that were I behaving think, badly I think, I think in the first place absolutely they w- i think at the end of the day because a lot a lot of times i get pissed off about pc stuff and correcting language but guess what um thank thank god people fought for pc language yeah years past because it is actually without me knowing it i subconsciously don't speak a certain way that people spoke in the 50s right about gay people or black people or wherever it is people said shit all that now if you even say the f word or the n word i mean it you know right no one's going to be happy no. with you no, this is a solid joke but there, there's been a huge overcorrection, and it's i mean that's a whole nother can of worms i think i mean just one point on the me too thing real quick that i think bothers me more than anything is like they lumped 
everyone into the same category. And in my book, what do you mean? Oh, oh you mean like there's a big difference between and, yeah. a pervert and a predator, right? Yes. There's a guy that, like Louis C.K., I would say is more of a pervert. He's a perv, like yeah. he's got a fetish, and he and talks first about of being all, a perv. Yeah. yeah, and anyone that worked in comedy knew that. Like, if you went in a room by yourself with him, like he that was kind Surprise. of his jam. Yeah. Uh, not to say that it's okay, but like pervert. Yeah. Weinstein predator. Like there's Pred- a big difference. And I think it's unfair to lump anyone with these allegations. Like everyone is in the same category. Well, now. what's weird about that is that when people did say that, like Matt Damon said, you know, you can't lump everyone together. There's a scale. People like went after, after him. him. They lambasted right. him for saying that. How dare you judge someone else's experience of what it meant oh. to them? Because if they felt raped by this harassment, they were raped in their mind. Do you know how many times I've had my ass grabbed? Like, yeah, I want to punch those guys Camilla, and I will when I can. you don't have an ass. <laughs> what? You don't have That's an ass. That's so Let's true, okay, actually. No, but kidding, like, they, they try and then they miss <laughs> and they get my tailbone, whatever. Um, but, but like, it to a certain point, though, and it actually it goes back to the, the PC language thing. I'm all about being respectful. Like, I have zero prejudices against any race whatever religion unless you're a shitty person then i just don't like you but that has nothing to do with any of those groups or whatever but like it's gotten so pc now that like there's you know you know milo yiannopoulos of course he's like a horrible but very intelligent human being unfortunately uh he made one point, though, that really resonated with me, and I kind of, like, hate myself for it, but, like, yeah. it made a lot of sense. He's, like, like with anything in life, there's a supply and demand for bigotry. There's always going to be people looking to fight bigotry. Yeah. So if you take the real bigotry away, like, the lesser and lesser things are going to be seen as bigotry, and yes. people are going to fight those. And, like, eventually, I feel like we've gotten to this level where it's, like, I don't even know what I can call my friends anymore. Like yeah. it, it, because everything is so offensive and trigger words. It also means that you're not preparing people for the real world. Like yeah. these kids in college who like, oh, I was traumatized because I heard the word rape. Well, you're gonna have a hard time out yeah, there, kid. Yeah. Like, you have to build a callus a little bit if yeah. you're gonna run. You yeah. know, it, it's just. I I do. I will say this. Even in the past year, I feel like audiences are kind of getting that because I, I have some jokes that I do in different places. Even, even, even tonight I did it, uh, where I, like I say the word cunt. Yeah. And, uh, Which I, I like have no problem. There was a problem. There was a time when I would say the word, of course English yeah. different, but I would say the word cunt and I was like, <gasps> but now I say it and I say it in a way of like, look, I'm, I, this is about free speech. And I say, cunt. I go, if you get offended by me saying cunt, instead of, instead of being offended, yeah. And think about the Yelp review. Maybe figure out why you're a cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good joke. Yeah. And people actually laugh about at that because I think they they get the fact that um, there's something really kind of mis misguided about what's yeah. happening with the PC movement. Even people who are kind of PC get it. My dad makes a point that I love. Like he in in one of his shows comes out on stage, and you know he's reached an age. Not that he ever gave any fucks gave any fucks whatever he would give a fuck about my grammar right there but like (laughs) in general 
but like now he gives negative fucks. Like yeah. there, he basically couldn't ruin his career unless he did like a Me Too thing, which yeah, you know, is getting hack apparently. So <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't funny. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, but. But he makes this point, like, he walks on stage, he's like, now I'm going to do racist jokes. And the whole audience is like, (gasps) (laughs) and he proceeds to tell, like, a joke about Swedish people. And then one about, like, Swiss people. (laughs) Like, and everyone laughs. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to tell a Mexican joke. Everyone panics. Yeah. And he's like, is it not more patronizing to think that they can't laugh at themselves, but all these other people can? Of course. And that's, I think, such an overlooked point of view yes. right like yeah. well the biggest thing is people being offended for other people exactly which is, there's always the, the people nutty. looking to get offended i had a hate campaign against me from short men did really? i tell you this no. oh, it was a- amazing like and they they got personal because you talked about how you didn't want to have sex with short men well i did this bit i used to do which i really did for one line and it it was a great joke and by the way, I showcased for Jamie Masada, Jamie Flam, and Brian Singer, all three of them with this bit about how <laughs> I don't date short guys because men under five foot eight are responsible for all the misery in the world. I'd never met them in person. Okay? <laughs> you didn't These know they were all, all under tiny five foot eight, and they're yeah. all huge, important people in our yeah. industry. Yeah. I will never be at Montreal or <laughs> anyway. Thank God Masada has this sense of humor, but yeah. like. It's so obviously a joke. We, I, first of all, make fun of my own hype for like a good five minutes before I go there. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason I do it is for this one line. I would be like, you know, like, look at history. Look at all the dictators. Tiny little guys like fucking Napoleon, Hitler, Genghis Khan, Stalin, Tom Cruise, Justin Bieber, Oscar Pistorius, right? Never killed anyone until he was under five foot eight. <laughs> you know who that is, Of right? course, it's yeah. a great joke. It's a great joke, but that's like the only reason I did it because yeah. I love that one line and yeah, it's yeah. horrific. And it's I know, a great line, but, but unfortunately, like, like five years, she, no one will know the reference. No, well, I haven't done it in five years. Yeah, 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 it's like already too old. This is a long time ago. This group of guys online, <laughs> they have a website and a club. Oh, the people without the legs. The, no, no, the no, flipper no, people? just short no, men. Just short men. Okay. I don't even want to say the website because I don't want to give them the satisfaction, but they started trolling me like literally and figuratively so hard. And it, it was the first year I went to Edinburgh and every press release news article, the first comment was a diatribe. <laughs> you whore cunt. We're going to sue you for bigotry and heightism. I never knew. It was heightism. A thing. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Um, and at the time I was pretty new and I was, I felt, pretty bad about it but i was also like i have guy friends like nick novicki loved that bit yeah he's like of course. three feet tall like, yeah he's literally a little I mean, person he's a little person like most of my short guy i did date a guy that was like five foot seven and yeah. he thought that was the funniest bit i did because it was course. about him and he's a narcissist whatever um <laughs> that was that wasn't because you know short people point. are narcissists let's be honest <laughs> Well, I'm kidding. Okay, uh, this one was. By the way, anyway, free publicity though. Never, you must have been. It was, but like, there's not enough members of that actual <laughs> like group. But the com- they were so mean in the comments. Wow. Like, and I'm not saying anything personal about them, but like, d- like calling me a whore and a th- this and, and that. You were like, how do they know? Uh, right? How would they know? <laughs> I guess because they could see up my skirt without like even having to crouch down. But whatever. 
Um, like, and at first I was hurt, but then it was like these days it's like, that just made me want to do the bit more. Yeah, of course. Like they have a whole website. I was featured on their webpage. Wow. I'm like, oh, bring it. Like <laughs> I am a professional shit talker. Like yeah. I love this. Yeah. You're not doing yourself any favors. That's great. So ironic. I just moved to an area where like across the street, there's a clothing store for f- men five foot eight and under. And really? I'm like, I didn't even know they that the existed. The world works. I know me either, but it's hilarious to me because I'm like, I, I can't walk <laughs> past it. Like, I I think they're hiding and they're waiting to lynch me. Yeah. Or, like, kick my knees. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, so we, we've been talking for a while, so I think we should probably wrap this up because it's getting off. So what do, you, what do you want? Anything you want to plug coming up? Anything you want to promote? you have anything in the next couple Bedtime? months? Bedtime? Uh, Bedtime no, one day. God, I um, honestly, I think... After this, like, I don't have much lined up. I had a movie that got pushed, and now I'm like, ah, help. Oh, yeah, I have sucks. to find work. Yeah. I'm sure you have been there. I think we all have at some point with independent films, you know. Oh, but, of course. Because um, once an independent film is pushed, it's like, it seems like it's pushed forever, and it often is. I, it often is. Sometimes it never happens. and But, you know, it's frustrating when you turn down other work because of the conflicts and then it gets pushed and now you're where i am right now with a mortgage and and nothing yeah Uh, and you know but it is what it is like i i pitched this show fingers crossed maybe something will happen is pitching new for you've been doing it for a while or uh this is the second show i've pitched uh the first totally scripted one the other one was like semi kind Mm -hmm. of uh hybrid between scripted and unscripted or reality but they don't like that word whatever yeah um nothing is real anymore yeah, of I don't course think. yeah i mean look at the president but whatever <laughs> uh, by the way dictator six four i know that's the thing he ruined it yeah and one night i i was like well have you ever seen his son but that's so mean you can't make fun of children but he does look like a serial killer. Oh, you're talking about bit. Baron? Oh, yeah, the woman lo- like got fired from SNL for making a joke about Baron? Yeah, well, I'm never getting hired on that show anyway, so I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah, he looks like Children of the Corn for I sure. I also don't think I'd want to be on that show. To be, I mean, I have mad respect for those people, but I just don't think it's that funny anymore. Look, if I Lauren Michaels is listening to this podcast, yeah. then we're both in luck, so it doesn't Can matter. Can you edit that out? Because like, I would totally <laughs> take it. Like, <laughs> hell, I would... I, I will... I don't have very high standards. I won't do porn. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's really funny. Yeah, that would be <laughs> like, a funny porn. If the script is good enough, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> even then. If it's even improv, then. I could maybe do some. Oh, anyway. God. I could never. Just I My facial expressions, are, like, this hides nothing. <laughs> like, my nostrils flare. I'd get scared. I'd want to cry. Like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> okay, so you're not doing porn, but no. you do, your social media presence is is pretty good, right? I mean, I know in I LA mean, that's it so would be stupid. amazing if my dad would mention I existed because he <laughs> he doesn't even try, and he has I think six million followers. Oh my god! And I taught him how he to could use just Twitter. At, he could just at you one time on Twitter. He doesn't like understand Twitter, and he has that many followers, which is hilarious and terrifying. Like. He doesn't know the difference between a direct message and reply tweet. That's and hilarious. I'm not about to teach him. I'm why don't, why don't you wait. say, Dad, let me take over your Twitter and just at yourself a bunch of times. Um, 
it's always made me a little uncomfortable to be honest like i i have wanted to to prove myself like without him but i'm kind of getting to the age now where i'm like like, throw me a bone motherfucker i don't really have time uh but also (laughs) like it's pretty funny he took one of his cats on a talk show and the cat like by the end of the day had more twitter followers than i do that's doesn't do comedy first of all Uh, is the same cat that gets shot out of a cannon no that one actually she passed away this summer i she came back from new zealand with us and then my dad was getting another divorce and for whatever reason my ex-stepmother was going to drop her at the pound i'm allergic to cats somehow i was like i'm not letting her go to the pound so yeah i was gonna find a home and then i I got attached and but she lived a, a nice long life Free of cannons and <laughs> sheep and New Zealand and New Zealanders and New Zealand accents. Thank fucking God. Uh, and just she just passed away a couple months ago, which was yeah. very sad. Right. Her. He misses her. He tormented Aww. her for the last years of her life. Um, and I got so sidetracked just then. Oh, no. Different <laughs> cat, though. He yeah. had like 16 cats at one point when I was growing oh up, God, and I'm allergic. Funny. So you can see where the priorities are. Yes, yeah, so he takes his ta- cat on <laughs> the talk show, but not his daughter. Um, And there were like How five. How many children does he have? What? How many children does he have? Oh, who knows? I mean, two biological ones, I think. Uh-huh. But he raised like my two stepbrothers, basically, and yeah. then they're now ex-stepbrothers. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so confusing. It's, very, it's a very complicated family but trait. But he cares a lot more about the cats. Yes. <laughs> no, we're we're super close, but like it's kind of a running joke that his cat didn't even try, and it's more famous than That's I. That's fucking hilarious. And there's five accounts pretending to be his cat. Do you know how many pretending so to he, be me? So is his real Zero. cat verified? I think so. Yeah. His real cat is verified on I don't Twitter, think it's and you're not verified yet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm here writing jokes, and it's like meow. Oh my god. Ten thousand followers. That's, so what is your what is Fuck your Instagram? Fuck you, Francis. That's the cat's name. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> what is the your Instagram handle? It's my name, which is Camilla Cleese, C A M I L L A. Is there anything people can check out online or yeah, on the televisions? I mean, YouTube. Like, uh, I'm. I don't post that much stuff, but I like to think what I post is either funny or it's like some, you know, if I get desperate enough, old modeling photos or like. Yeah, yeah. Throwback like Thursday. The the very unusual, exciting things that I do that aren't just me at a computer yeah. trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, and, and Hercules, who... He's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I should give his own Instagram account. Uh, he will one day. Like, we're working on our right turns, and uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, he can't make a right turn. He can only make a left turn. He's running out of batteries. I don't know if you can oh, tell yeah, right now, but he tired. is going. Well, we're. I think we both are. I think this has been This has been really awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's, it's so great to it's know about really you. It's been really fun, and I haven't cried at all, which is nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> the whole point of this. I think the reason you agree to do it because you're like, I want to keep myself from going home and crying. Yeah. Oh, my God. I... I'm due for a breakdown pretty soon, but um, <laughs> hopefully it'll be after you leave. But thanks for having me. Always lovely to see you, Always Mr. Great to see Dawes. You. And great. great stuff tonight. Funny what I watched. It was like five minutes of your set, but yeah, it was really funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it with Camilla Cleese. You can find her at Camilla Cleese on Instagram and check her out on YouTube. And this is Bill Dawes signing off from the After Laugh. It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. After laugh, man. (laughs) Go ahead, pull up a chair.